Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year has gone by incredibly quickly, but it's always nice to pause and take stock. What's something you're proud of in 2024 so far? What's something you still want to accomplish this year? I know I'm guilty of falling into a routine and not always thinking about the bigger picture, but as the great Ferris Bueller once said, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. So it's crucial to take a moment to celebrate your wins and make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you contextualize your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. As you surely know by now, it's not only for people who have experienced major trauma. Therapy is helpful in all kinds of ways, including learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you've been considering trying therapy, check out BetterHelp. It's fully online and was specifically designed to be flexible and customizable to your schedule. To get started, just fill out a brief questionnaire that matches you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash film daily. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Friday, July 9th, 2021. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the latest film and TV news and have a spoiler-filled discussion about the Black Widow credit scene. Don't worry, that'll be at the end of the episode, so if you haven't seen it, uh, you know, turn it off before then. This is Slash Film Editorial Director Peter Serrata, and joining me is Slash Film Weekend Editor and Senior Writer, Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. You're, you're apparently two people now. I mean, still one person, but with two jobs, which technically I guess I've had both of these jobs for <laughs> years now, but now they're just defined. Today we have a lot of stuff to talk about with Marvel and some Star Wars. Uh, let's first start with this news that hit yesterday about the the Disney Wish. This is the new Disney cruise ship. That's coming out next year sometime. Uh, we pre- I, I previously did this like online junket about this, and they had announced that. So one of the restaurants on this new Disney cruise ship is called Worlds of Marvel Restaurant. And bef- before, when they announced this, we only saw like some concept art of the entryway. But now we have some new details. They revealed a trailer 
for this for this uh, experience or maybe it's only it's one of the experiences because i think this restaurant looks like it could accommodate multiple different experiments uh, like experiences like you could go there multiple nights and there be different things and the one they have announced is avengers quantum encounter and according to the press release it looks like you like uh, ant-man is going to be on the ship uh, with the wasp they are giving off some kind of presentation when some evil unexpected villain is what the press release calls it appears in hopes to take the quantum tech that they're showing off for themselves. Uh, but I, I know you saw this trailer here. It's it's weird because it seems like every one of these tables have like these quantum tech lanterns and like it will enlarge food. Yeah, I was confused exactly what's going on here. Like, are you, do they bring out something to you and then you hit a button and it's suddenly big? <laughs> or like, do they show you one and then you're like, no, no, I want the big version. And then they replace it. Like, it's... How it's, is it going to work? Because, like, literally they show this small cupcake and then they press the button and all of a sudden the cupcake's, like, bigger than someone's head. Which, I don't think they're going to actually have cupcakes that are bigger than people's heads on I the mean, cruise ship. Maybe they will. <laughs> but yeah, it seems like they're doing some of the fun, like same stuff that they're doing in Avengers Campus with the small and large food. And there's going to be some kind of show experience. Uh, who do you think the main villain is going to be here? This unexpected villain. You think it'll be uh, Kang? I mean, that's a, certainly a, <laughs> an interesting possibility. I mean, if it's an unex, it says unexpected villain. Yeah, an unexpected villain is the quote. Maybe it's like just like a big bug or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming it's a villain from Marvel, but anyways, I'll, I'll put a link to this in the show notes if you if you want to check out the trailer. But it looks really cool. Uh, you know, I'm all for more Marvel themed experiences, so I'm excited for it. Uh, but speaking of Marvel, another thing that was released yesterday was the trailer for the new their first animated series, What If. And if you haven't seen that, I will link that also in the show notes. You got to go check it out. But this new footage gives us some reveals about what uh, this animated series is going to be about. And I, I before we, we talk about this, I want to say that out of all the Marvel comics as a kid, my favorite Marvel comic was What If? Because it was, you know, it was this anthology series. Each each issue was its own thing, and it was imagining, you know. What if Loki got the hammer instead of Thor? What if, uh, you know, all the X-Men died? Uh, you know, what if this? What if that? And it was, it was always these interesting scenarios. Uh, and now they're bringing that to Disney Plus. But this this new trailer shows us a, a bunch of reveals of what, what we're going to get for episodes. And I know you did an, a write-up for this, write-up about this on Slashroom.com. Uh, what, what are some of the more interesting bits yeah, so the first tease we got showed us, um, you know, some things like Peggy Carter becoming uh, Captain Britain, uh, T'Challa getting kidnapped as a kid instead of Peter Quill and becoming Star-Lord instead of Black Panther. Uh, they're doing the Marvel Zombie story, which is a popular one among fans of Marvel Comics. Uh, but the new trailer introduced some other uh, twists on the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we hadn't seen before, including uh, Killmonger, the villain from Black Panther, becoming the king of Wakanda, and not only is he apparently uh, a hero for the kingdom, but he also saves Tony Stark in what would have been his origin story as Iron Man, uh, where the missile blew up in the desert and put all that debris in his chest. That doesn't happen in that episode that they're doing for What If. We're not exactly sure 
how that relationship develops or anything like that. But that that's an intriguing spin on Iron Man's story. Um, we also see a rather gaunt-looking Doctor Strange, who looks like he is maybe becoming a darker uh, Sorcerer Supreme um, and maybe squaring off with Captain Britain at some point. Uh, Black Widow is uh, will be the Winter Soldier. Uh, there's a whole a new roster of the Avengers, which I have a theory about this that I think could could pan out because it's uh, the What If series, rather than taking cues from the comics, is putting different spins on the stories we've seen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. And there's a shot in this trailer that shows Killmonger as Black Panther, Peggy Carter as Captain Britain, Gamora wearing armor and wielding a weapon similar to what Thanos used uh, through the Avengers movies, uh, T'Challa as Star-Lord, and a new Thor. And they're all teamed up in that big hero shot, just like the Avengers are in the final battle of New York. And so I'm, I'm wondering if maybe much like the Marvel, Marvel movies, that the episodes of What If will somehow be interconnected and it will culminate in this big team up of what would be this new Avengers hmm. roster. That could be interesting. Yeah. Some of the ones that, uh, I mean, you spoke some of the interesting ones to me, but one shot had uh, Vision, which, you know, obviously we know Vision has one of the Infinity Gems in his head, but it seems like now it's like he's like his own Infinity Gauntlet. He has combined all the stones into his armor. Yeah, this is this is actually isn't even seen in the trailer. It's an image that's on the poster for What If. And it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's Vision looking almost like, uh, an Ultron knight, and um, the the other five Infinity Stones are situated in the chest plate of the armor. It's it's it, he's holding like a big joust, and he's got a cape. It's very weird. And then also on that same poster, something that isn't seen uh, in the trailer is Spider Man wearing the cloak of levitation. Uh, so it looks like Spider Man will become the Sorcerer Supreme in one of these episodes. And then there's just like random little tidbits, like there's a shot of Ego. Um, who is in some kind of closed diner for some reason. And <laughs> there's a shot of what I believe is Scott Lang's severed head sitting on a chair in some kind of computer room next to Vision. And like, I, I'm not 100% certain that it's Scott, certain that it's Scott Lang, but the, the one line that he says, which is just uh, an excited, hey, it sounds like Paul Rudd, and we know that he's part of the series. So I think that that's probably uh, him there. But yeah. why his head is severed, I have no idea. <laughs> and, and there's another one with T'Challa becoming Star-Lord. And it's actually voiced by Chadwick Boseman. It is, yeah. Right? This will be his official final performance that we get to hear from him. Yeah, and speaking of voices, Iron Man does not seem like he's voiced by Robert Downey Jr. at all. Yeah, they haven't officially announced who it is. But uh, Tony Stark, Doctor Strange... Uh, Captain Marvel and the Collector will not be voiced by um, Robert Downey Jr., uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, Brie Larson, and Benicio Del Toro. Those stars will not be part of the series. But most of the other characters from the Marvel Cinematic Universe are voiced by their big screen stars. Yeah, I'm so excited for the show. When does it come out? August 11th. And is it going to be one a week? Uh, yes. That I don't think they have confirmed yet. I would imagine it will be if they follow suit with the other Marvel shows. Because um, I don't... There's actually has there been any other Disney series uh, on Disney Plus that has done a a binge model or no? A dump. Um, I guess you're right. I guess I don't think anything has. Everything's been weekly. Yeah. So so I would assume it would be weekly as well then. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, yeah, no, that's probably right. Okay, uh, let's move on. Let's talk about another Disney Plus TV series out of Marvel for a second. Let's talk about the book of Boba Fett. This is the follow-up to Mandalorian Season 2. And uh, this is, you know, obviously uh, coming out later this year. And uh, there was a recent interview that revealed the directors of the series. We knew that Robert Rodriguez was going to be directing something. He directed that episode that featured the return of Boba Fett in Mandalorian season two. But uh, it was also revealed by the, uh, by Morrison that uh, uh, John Favreau, Bryce Dallas Howard and Dave Filoni are also directing episodes. So it's kind of funny because when this was announced at the end of season two, it was like announced in a, end credits scene some people were like oh is this gonna be mandalorian season three and everybody or i think some people involved were like no this is its own separate spinoff show this is not season three but brad this seems like it's season three of mandalorian <laughs> like you have the same creative people involved directing writing i don't know um i'm excited for it but i was actually also excited for there to be like some new directors in Star Wars universe to give their spin on bounty hunting. I mean, there very well still could be, um, you know, Robert Rodriguez yeah. is directing a few episodes. We've heard, we also heard from Tamara Morrison. And so combine that with the other three, there's a chance they could take up all the slots, but I, I maybe they'll get someone new in there. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's move on to our last Marvel story before we get to the spoiler room. And that is Marvel Studios is no longer making actors sign big multi-movie contracts. Brad, tell us about it. Yeah. So a while back, uh, you know, when the Marvel Cinematic Universe was kind of first taking shape, uh, Marvel Studios famously signed a lot of their early stars to these big multi-movie contracts. Uh, Samuel Jackson was the, the biggest one. He had like a nine film contract so that they could keep bringing Nick Fury back whenever they wanted to. And then stars like Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth, uh, they they also had these multi-movie contracts. I think theirs were like for like six movies. Was that something like that? Or maybe it was just like was the first three and then they renegotiated after that. Hmm. Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I, I think it might have been. Yeah, I, I don't, it was, I don't it was, remember. I think, it was, I think it was six because they were also thinking about the Avengers movies and potential like crossovers at that point too. Um, and then they renegotiated after that. But it sounds like Maybe that wasn't super appealing to getting other big name talent on board for future Marvel movies that will likely have sequels because uh, Kevin Feige confirmed that these long term contracts were kind of like a thing that they did in the past. But now he says it varies uh, project to project and cast to cast because, you know, they want people to be excited about being in the universe and not make it seem like they're locked into these long term, you know, contractual obligations that might keep them from doing other things that they want to do. Yeah, but these contracts have kind of, I don't know, like, remember when uh, Robert Downey Jr. did not want to sign the contract and they couldn't announce Civil War? Like, they, they were going to do that at Comic-Con yeah, and they had to do it later. Like, I feel like not having under, uh, them under contract is probably going to be worse than having them under contract for a few movies and then re renegotiating. But I guess you also want to attract new people. You don't want, yeah. like, yeah. Plus, at, at, at one point, too, the idea of these actors having multiple contracts was almost kind of a spoiler in a way because we knew that, like, they would be sticking around, that they had more to do in the Marvel Universe. Oh, yeah. True. But they didn't have to use their contract. It was just like a, a possible, you know, renewal of uh, another movie. But, yeah, okay. Um, 
let's talk about Black Widow. This came out last night. It's in theaters. It's on Disney Plus as uh, part of their, what is it called? Premiere Access? Yeah, Disney Plus Premiere Access. So I know a lot of people out there probably have not seen this yet. So we're going to get into spoilers for Black Widow. If you haven't seen it, you might you want to tune out now probably. Um, but it, it is available. It is out there and a lot of people have seen it and people asked us to, to talk about this. So let's let's talk about the end credit scene for Black Widow. Uh, Brad, do you want to do you want to explain what happens? Yeah, sure. Uh, so the uh, most of Black Widow takes place between Captain America Civil War and Avengers Infinity War, with the exception of the opening sequence and credits that focus on a young Natasha Romanoff and her adoptive assassin family, played by David Harbour and Rachel Weisz, and uh, in the future, Florence Pugh as her, as her adoptive sister. Um, but the credit scene, which happens at the very end of the credits for uh, Black Widow, it's a scene that finds us uh, in the a time after Avengers Endgame. So Natasha Romanoff has unfortunately uh, died due to the events of that movie where she was sacrificed to get the soul stone that they needed to stop Thanos and bring everybody back from the snap. So uh, Florence Pugh, as Natasha Romanoff's adoptive sister, Yelena, goes to visit Natasha's grave. Uh, there's a lot of you know tributes and flowers around it because people know who she is because she was an Avenger. On the tombstone, it says daughter, sister, Avenger. And while she's sitting there kind of uh, giving herself a moment of silence and mourning the loss of Natasha, suddenly we hear some sniffling uh, and we see Julia Louis-Dreyfus appear as Contessa Valentina Allegra de la Fontaine, which if you don't know who that is, you probably need to go watch Marvel series The Falcon and the Winter Soldier because that character debuted there on the series earlier this year, even though she was originally slated to debut in Black Widow in this credit scene <laughs> before appearing in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but the pandemic messed all of that up. So she shows up and Yelena is kind of annoyed because she says that she's on holiday, which uh, tells us that she's been working for Contessa for some time between the events of Black Widow and now. And so uh, as soon as she says this, Contessa gives her some information uh, that might make her be less annoyed about being interrupted on vacation because she says, maybe you'd like a shot at the man responsible for your sister's death. And she shows him her a tablet with a photo on it of none other than Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye. And so, uh, and then she says, kind of a cutie, don't you think? And that's where our, uh, our scene ends, setting the stage yeah. for uh, a conflict between Yelena and Hawkeye. Yeah. By the way, I, I just love her in this role. I want to see more of her. It, it seems like they're setting her up to be kind of like a a uh like nick fury like a evil nick fury yeah like an anti-hero nick fury because like it doesn't we don't know if she's like entirely evil yet she she has the the vibe of a villain but like the characters she's is recruiting are not necessarily full-on villains like obviously john walker as the new captain america had his day as a troublesome you know, version of the hero and did some pretty twisted things. But now he's in a position where he's not necessarily a bad guy. He's just kind of walking a gray line, you know, this gray moral area. And Yelena's kind of in the same position where she's not fully a hero because she was an agent of the Red Room. And even though she tried to stop, you know, the Red Room from uh, becoming this, you know, big entity that was controlling all of its agents in a very uh, malicious sort of way, she's also, you know, doing some good uh, in that regard as well. So 
it's yeah there's again with this, there's still the speculation that she may be fo- forming a team like the thunderbolts from marvel comics almost like a, a a gray avengers i guess you could say something like that but yeah we're not really sure what she's up to yet yeah i just love dreyfus in this role she's just so good every time she's on screen and uh this seems like disney going big to promote a disney plus tv series right using an end credit scene which is usually i mean you know it's been used to hype up what became infinity war and endgame i'm not necessarily sure that it's solely hyping up a disney plus series because i mean if you don't know that this is from the Falcon, the winter soldier. Like obviously you'll go and find out because you won't know who she is or what this means necessarily. But at the same time, if it's in this movie, it seems like it's also, I mean, and it does promote Hawkeye for sure, but it does seem like a way to also just like establish this character as a big part of what's to come in the future of the entire MCU, not just the, the TV shows. No, I, I, I mean, I do agree. She's going to be a, bi- a big role in the future, but it is directly leading into Hawkeye. So yeah. we, we, we know that that character is going to appear in Hawkeye. We know that. Um, so is, is she going to be the antagonist of Hawkeye? I would imagine she will be one of the antagonists. There's there's probably several um, because I part of me thinks that like the the revenge streak won't last long if she gets a chance to talk to Hawkeye and <laughs> find out what's going on because I'm sure Contessa didn't tell her exactly what happened. But that but that whole Batman versus Superman thing ended up being a three-hour movie, Brad. That's true. <laughs> and they could have just talked... If they had just talked to each other. I, I hope... I mean, they did talk to each other, but just in a very threatening way. So hopefully Hawkeye and Elena are a little more reasonable. Yes. But uh, the one thing I want to know... Hawkeye just has to yell Martha. Right. <laughs> The one thing I want to know is how, how Contessa found out that Hawkeye was involved slash technically responsible for Natasha's death because that happened on Voromir. And who is she talking to? Who does she know? Who knows, you know, what the Avengers did and the specifics of what happened during that, you know, particular part of the mission to save everybody? Yeah. Who would share that information? And well, first of all, Hawkeye isn't responsible for her death. I mean, he technically is, but not, is re- but not, not really. I mean, she, like, sure, she let himself go, but like, they, it's, you know, they were fighting for who was going to sacrifice themselves. That's, that's why I say technically, you know. So, like, it's whether or not you know Yelena sees it that so, way. So, so he's responsible because he didn't win the battle of who could kill themselves first. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. By default. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, obviously Val here is not giving her even that information, so she doesn't even she doesn't even know. I'm guessing she doesn't even know how she died. Maybe, but like I mean, because the one thing that I'm thinking is that you know in Marvel Comics, one of the things that happens is that she's actually um, a scroll, and so if she's a scroll, maybe mm-hmm. she has ears all around the universe because she's part of the Secret Invasion story in the comics, and that's being turned into a Disney Plus series. So. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is this this end credit scene is set, setting up multiple Disney Plus TV series. It could be. It could be. Yeah. Well, exciting. I hope uh, everybody went and saw Black Widow in theaters or saw it on Disney Plus. Um, it's out now. And if you're listening to this, then you've had the end credit scene spoiled for you. And so there's that. <laughs> Uh, if you want to find more of all of our work, you can go to SlashFilm.com. You can find SlashFilm Daily on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at Peter at SlashFilm.com. And please rate and read this podcast on Apple Podcasts. 
Tell your friends, spread the word, and we'll see you on Monday.